everyone. Welcome to Owl Sound. It's been a while since the last episode, um, but figured I would bring you guys a new one here. Um, and if you don't remember, because it's been a little bit, Owl Sound is a place for the Warren Wilson community to come together and talk about topics and news and ideas that are important to you, while also listening to some groovy local music along the way. And today with me, we have a special guest, um, your very own Isaac Ofori Solomon. Welcome. Hello, everyone. How are you? Um, my name is Isaac. I also go by Yitzhak Ofori Solomon. And... I'm just here vibing with our good friend, Graham. Ooh, yeah. And today we're going to talk about a couple different topics. Um, it's all kind of going to be centered around diversity on campus and some issues related to that globally, nationally, things like that, because there are some <laughs> recent news that have been coming out over the past couple weeks that uh, are not very fun. Um, but we do need to talk about them because they are important as a whole for our community and for everybody in it. So first things first, um, as many people have heard and spread around social media, um, Tanisha McCullers, who was is now the previous uh, director of WIDE, um, has left the school under um, unforeseen circumstances. Um, there is a story and a GoFundMe associated, um, but Isaac, if you want to say a couple words on it, um, we can talk about it a little bit, <laughs> address some things. Um, and then I will also link the GoFundMe for uh, the Survival Healing and Justice Fund um, below. Thank you very much. Um, I feel like the biggest issue when it comes to this is that it's a situation where for a lot of campus, it's a shock. And the way that this school and many other places in higher education behave because the issue is ultimately systemic. Mm -hmm. The way that higher education is not just established in a way that is inherently exploitative. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't heard this story, um, I'll just read you the first paragraph of the story from Tanisha McCollins. It's also on the GoFundMe if anyone wants to read the full story there. Um, but it says... Back in late January, I received an email communication between a few white administrators at my job about me. Uh, this, email in, uh, this email thread included inflammatory uh, comments, false accusations, harsh criticism, and coded anti-black racist and ableist language to rationalize why I was undeserving of a two-year contract extension. Um, after receiving this email, I experienced harassment, bullying, surveillance, retaliation, and hostility from these administrators with the assistance of others. So, um, as you can tell, it's a big deal. Um, it is also a very big accusation for the school. Um, and it's just, it, it's a very serious situation that uh, needs to be addressed. I, I know many of us on campus uh, love Tanisha and love the work Wide does. And so it's definitely disappointing to see this happen to someone like that, especially with Wide <laughs> being, you know, focused on diversity on the campus. Not just that, but I think that it would everyone would do well to remember that we literally just lost our other wide director yeah. this past summer. Thankfully, Clarissa went on to better things. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that Wilson, as well as the majority of PWIs, have 
an issue with specifically very latent racism that no one really addresses. Mm -hmm. And this is an issue that is protected on a systemic level, not just Mm -hmm. on the campus, but in higher education on a larger level. But the thing is that Wilson isn't like other schools. This is a place that markets itself as somewhere for everyone to come and make community. This is a place that markets itself as somewhere where people are supposed to be respected and treated with kindness. And more than anything, it's a situation where Wilson is, on one hand, trying to actively acquire... Because, honestly, with the way that Wilson behaves at times, I don't even know if I could use the term create or make a a community. Um, With the way that BIPOC students on campus, the way that POC students on campus, um, as well as um, faculty and staff, are actively traumatized by the actions of this campus. And Tynesha's leaving, it's kind of... At least personally for me, it feels kind of like um, an exodus of sorts of like people of all of like people of color leaving the school. Like a lot of a fair bit of my close friends, mm-hmm. as well as um, two of my mentors, have left, and they're all people of color. And it's a very frustrating um, situation where the reason why people are leaving is a mixture of. All right. Thankfully, people are are finally getting into the tract where they're looking to be in, and they're going to be doing better things, and they're going to be in a place that, as far as I'm concerned, they're wonderful. So no one's ever going to deserve them. Right. But it's going to be a place that deserves them a lot more than a place that thinks it's appropriate to actively traumatize them, and then will turn around and not just actively traumatize them, but gaslight from there right yeah because even outside of um even outside of the on the ground activism that a lot of students are involved with especially students of color um even outside of that when it comes to just simply we're honestly just asking for like bare minimum respect Mm -hmm. we're asking for professors to not feel comfortable using slurs in class well, and it, I, it, it, it's sad. It, it's sad that it, it's got to be something that's got to be addressed on this campus. I mean, I, I, I get it. it. It needs to very badly. But it's sad that it even has to happen. Like, I, I, I hate seeing all these people leave campus or are disappointed in Wilson because they don't feel safe. Or, um, you know, it, it's a predominantly white institution. So it's, it's going to have majority white kids. But it's terrible that the, the minority here can't feel respected and can't feel safe because Wilson literally prides itself on trying to build a community and but if it's struggling with its own internal community it's a little unsettling and you you thank you for doing that because you're leading right into one of my other points which I kind of brought up a little earlier the fact that when you have this situation where you have a community that claims that it wants to build community it wants to make community it wants to invite everyone and it's going to do this and that to keep you here well what what does that mean when once the people are here you're going to traumatize them mm-hmm. what does that mean that once the people are here you're going to have to sit and listen to people debate whether slurs that like have a lot of baggage doesn't even begin to describe <laughs> yeah. 
the insulting nature like whether like pretty much you're putting people in a position where their humanity is being debated in a class setting and you're acting as if that's normal mm. what are you going to do when it's a situation where other violations occur yeah because even outside of that there's been a lot of other incidents some of which have been reported and like i what can you really do when you have an administration that won't listen to those who are trying to actively be in conversation with it yep and there's this issue of um extreme white fragility yep and that white fragility is what ends up being something that can even potentially be lethal for student and faculty of color on this campus. Mm -hmm. Like this school doesn't boast that large of an amount of people. Our year was the largest year that this school has had. A, in a while. <laughs> yeah, with 300 yeah. students and then we, you know, like significantly less are here now, um, right. but. Unrelated circumstances, but yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely, like yeah, a yeah. variety of circumstances, like, but. You can't have the you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't sit yep. here and say that you want black students, indigenous students, Latina students, Asian students. You can't sit here and say that you want students of color, international students. You can't say that you want students from marginalized backgrounds here and then not do anything to actually make it so that in between that we feel seen and heard or to make it so that we're going to know that we're not going to go to class and have to deal with people debating whether we're a human that day. Right. Or we're not going to go, or we're not going to be assigned a reading where they think it's appropriate to do things like refer to genocide and slavery as forced migrations. Right. Um, where we're not going to deal with being made feel uncomfortable by other students even, mm -hmm. or by faculty just as well, for the simple act of existing and our existence being taken as a threat. Right. And then even outside of that, there's the issue of there being, within this fragility, it makes it so that even when there are legitimate issues that pop up, the response towards the student of color ends up being significantly more aggressive mm -hmm. than it would have been to their white peer. Yeah, and um, that, that's, that's something I want to talk about too because I, I know the school and professors and things have tried in the last couple semesters to try to, you know, uh, accompany BSU demands and LSC demands and all that sort of thing. Um, but one of, the, one of the things I think the school needs to realize too is that there's always inherent bias in everything you do, especially if you're white. And it's just about recognizing that because as you recognize that, you start to realize, oh, yeah, some of the things I say are aggressive. And I didn't realize that because I was raised like this. Yes. But it's about changing that and just think before you speak. <laughs> like, literally. That's like, such a huge part of it. So much things, so much of this could be avoided <laughs> if it wasn't for that. It's, 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 it's hard for me to understand sometimes why if it's professors or if it's administrators or, you know, why the response is a certain way it is because it's just so easy to just think, like, realize your privilege, realize 
<laughs> and I know for some people it's not easy. Like some people, they've never been around diverse cultures and things, and so they haven't, you know, experienced uh, you know, what other people's traumas are. But it's still something that needs to be worked on. So. No, entirely, and it's like such an issue with when it comes to the culture. Um, I feel like one of the most insane things about this school, and don't get me wrong, I I grew up in Atlanta and the Bronx. The reason I'm here is because it's so wildly different than anywhere else I've been. And frankly, the reason I'm here is because a friend of mine a few years ago told me to lean into discomfort. And I was thinking, leaning into discomfort. Well, someone who carries the identities that I do as a queer black Jew, like Western North Carolina, that just felt like the most uncomfortable thing <laughs> that came to mind. Um well, I'm proud of you, to say the least. Yeah, I think you're doing pretty good here. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot to work on. And even, even it's not even, like, all obvious stuff. Like, sometimes, like, we'll, we'll hear news come out of things like Tanisha McCullers' story or um, a little while back with some uh, comments made by a professor. But even things like the anthropology department. I, I'm glad that there's anthropology and I'm glad they're doing research on the Native history of this area. But the fact of the matter is, is that... There's no indigenous to, professors... Yeah. That's ex you knew you knew exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, that alone, and Graham and I we hang out and we spend a lot of our time in um, Jensen because it's just I recommend it. It's a wonderful place to spend time when you don't when the library is closed because it's a pandemic and you can't stay in your dorm anymore. Need a place to study. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that there's going to be something already. There, it shows a lot, and there's something already inherently wrong when the school is actively profiting off of the displacement and genocide of the peoples who were here before the colonizers, yeah. before the settlers, and there's not being enough done to actually show respect to the cultures that have been harmed. And one of the most important things and dealing with this, in my opinion, is would be to not just want people of color, not to not, ju not to just want black and indigenous people. And I, one of the most base level things would be right. Because you don't you don't want tokenism. You don't yeah. want that. You don't want to just have a person of color here for a person of color. You want them exactly. here because they're you know. <laughs> and you don't want to chase people. And you want like someone who. This school is kind of a hotbed for activists. Mm -hmm. You want someone here who has the passion. You want someone here who will be able to make a connection on a much deeper level. And there's such an issue. And thankfully, I can say this much. The mentors that I've had here and then like the... Um, the staff that I've been able to connect to, thankfully, they do well at being able to show why the students do have a passion that they do. But um, I'm just sitting here, and you need to make it so that you're actually accommodating these people. You can't just have someone here for whether it's a month or over a decade and then not do anything to provide them actual sustenance. When I speak of sustenance, there should be substantial pay, to say the least. And discussing, like, the payment of professors in general 
is an entirely different topic that I am unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, I don't think either of us are qualified for that. But I don't know about qualified, but I'm not prepared. Yeah, Give me a too. few hours and I might be qualified. <laughs> um, not to be a professor, but to at least advocate more for higher wages in academia. Hey, everyone. This has been part one of a three-part episode of Owl Sound. To access the other parts, the links should be on the website you are currently viewing this on. Thanks. Hope you enjoy.